Chicago Where the fire serve cold But the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow The bulls keep it running, the Sox run the south The Cubs run the north, but the Bears run the house True Chicago sports fans got their ears to the street Any team make a move and they never skip a beat And in this house, this is where we be Welcome to the show with E-Rock and Big C Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chicago Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with your hosts, E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. Episode 8. Yes. 34, baby. 34, baby, is brought to you by 606 Media, Noir Caesar, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to check out gritclothingco.com and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off your entire order. As always, I'm Big Z. I'm Big Z. I gotta mess that up. And I'm here with my co-host, E-Rock. What up, E? What's good, Z? You're still Z, I promise. What's good, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in, welcome in. If this is your first time or your 30th time listening, please remember to hit that subscribe button on your favorite listening app. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star review on your listening app of choice. And don't forget, you can support the show at anchor.fm slash truechicagosportsfans slash support. This week, we have some very fantastic guests. We're continuing on with our uh, first responders. Uh, we have some of Chicago's finest and members of the CPD Knights Baseball. Eric, Marco, Omar, and Eddie stopped by to talk to us about the team. Hey, you're Tokayo. That's what we say in Mexican <laughs> terms. Tokayo. Uh, before we begin today's show, uh, we'd like to acknowledge uh, some non-sports-related news going on in the sports world uh, we wanted to take a minute to acknowledge the passing of former Notre Dame defensive lineman Louis Nix III. Um, Nix was found dead on Saturday in his hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. He was reported missing earlier in the week. The Fighting Irish announced this on Sunday. He was only 29 years old. Uh, we also have another story, a pretty big story that happened. It was just crazy. It was one of those random. Things random. We, we got really worried because of what yeah. happened at the beginning of last year. Tiger Woods had a really bad car accident uh, last Tuesday in California. Looks, there was no drugs or alcohol involved no. as, soon as, as, as far as we know. Um, it resulted in some pretty significant leg injuries. Uh, they had to use the jaws of life to get him out of the vehicle. Whew. I mean, just looking at the images, it's like, how did he make it out? Uh, but <laughs> it's the technology of the cars now. That's all. That's really what saved him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to have a very long process tiger I, I don't know man do you think he's gonna play uh play golf again uh dude, let's just be honest like at this point we want tiger to be okay because at first and foremost he's a man yeah and a father and you want his family to have him in his life you know they're like i would just want him to be able to walk around. yeah yeah absolutely i'm not worried about his golf game this is this is precisely the thing that Derrick Rose was talking about when he was getting injured, whether he, you know, and granted, this is an injury outside of your sport, but this is what he was talking about when he says, I'm worried about being able to walk my kids down to graduation or whatever it is. So it's kind of in the same vein. When we think about it that way, we want the man to be okay and be able to take care of his kids and be able to kind of yeah, interact you got to look beyond the, the, the athlete part and look at, at them as a person. They have families. They have family members. They have people that love them. So, yeah. I mean, let, let, to break it down, there's a lot of broken bones in his left and right leg. Uh, his left leg was broken into multiple pieces. It, they, they, it was a compound fracture that pierced out of his skin. There's rods inserted. 
to stabilize the legs, the special uh, injuries to his ankles. It's going to be a long road to recovery from, yeah. from two guys who've had different issues between backs, um, hips, mm-hmm. knees. There's we're nowhere near to what he is suffering, but at the same time, my recovery was almost a year. Right. And, and, and yeah, I mean, mine. I, I still feel it from time to time when when I had the uh, the hip replaced. Um, it, you know, the thing is too is that you're seeing a lot of people bring up his past. It's not. It's not fair to do that. It's irrelevant. That's and that's what I want to get to. It's not fair to him. No, because this is not something that he did as a result of being doing something bad. He was speeding. He was speeding, just was, like anybody else. He was speeding, he was trying was, to get to a photo shoot. He was. He was on his way from what I from what I saw. He was on his way to actually go give like Drew Brees some golf lessons or something right. like that. You know it what I mean? It was like so, a celebrity photo right. shoot and golf thing. Early in the that morning. That he was sponsoring. It was one of his events. Right. It was his event. It was early he, in the morning. He was running late. You know, and he was running late, so he's speeding. Now, right. when you're running late from work, what do you do? You speed. You speed. So, Even I mean, though it makes a fraction of a difference. Right. So, I mean, like I said, when, when we first saw it, you know, we I started getting these images of Kobe. Yeah. And, you know, thinking, I was like, how can this be? You know, but uh, hopefully he'll be okay. And uh, we wish you the best, Tiger. Right. At this point, we're just wishing Tiger all the best in his recovery. All right. Let's start off these things right. Yeah. This is The Loop, our Chicago Sports Roundup, where we keep you in the loop. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome Welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. All right, Eve. Is there any talk at Hellas Hall, man? None whatsoever. Except, <laughs> except uh, this one little thing we're hearing this about Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson! Um, you know, it came out last week that through his agent, so we know this is actually coming from him. It's got to come. Through his agent, he said, I have not requested a trade. But if I did, right. if I was to get traded... His destinations would be either to the Dallas Cowboys, Meh. the New Orleans Saints, not a big the Las Vegas Raiders, Don't do it. not Oakland, and last but not least, the Chicago Bears. Is there any chance that he comes here? Now, let me tell you. Yeah. It was said that he wel- would welcome a trade to Chicago. Okay. So it's something he's thought about. And the other thing that I'll say is that if you look at his trajectory in his career, with talking to the press and talking about his career when he was a young man, when he was first coming into the league, when no one knew what to expect out of him and he came out of nowhere. He was very shy. He was reserved. He towed the company line. Yep. Yeah, uh, all the cliche answers. And then what happened is he got married to that beautiful lady. And all of a sudden, his confidence rose up and now he's willing to speak back. So, granted, the the thing that that frustrates him about Seattle right now is the line. He came out and says, I'm tired of getting hit. Well, <laughs> oh, Chicago, I mean. Yeah. So with all that being said, yeah. is there a realistic possibility of Russell Wilson becoming a Chicago Bear? So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's let's look at his truck. Uh, the contract is structured in a certain way. Uh-huh. Wilson counts for $32 million against this year's cap. Okay. 13 of its pro, uh, prorated, $19 million is guaranteed. Trading him would eat about seven million of the Seahawks cap and force them to cut players to get under the cap. Okay. 
They're carrying about $4 million under the cap, and as of February 22nd, 2021, the salary cap projects to be around $181. Yeah. The Bears carry over $7 million in cap space in the 2021 season. $7 million, folks. Huh. Therefore, the Bears' current salary cap is to be 188. But you got to think about this too: is that yeah. if they traded, if they traded for Wilson, they're going to have to trade back players. Yes, and they're going to trade back players like Hal Fuller or somebody like that that has a little bit of money that's owed to them. That it would kind of match up a little bit. It's not just like NBA where you have to match up salaries the same yes. way. Yep. It's not MLB where yep. you can have one team that's worth you know two hundred or a payroll of two hundred twenty million and another team that's like seventy million, like the right. Rays. Right, <laughs> like they like doing that. But I mean, you know. He specifically mentioned that he would like to come to Chicago, or he would not be against playing in Chicago. If you, however, you want to take that. Even by him being mentioned, he still he would be the greatest quarterback in Chicago history. Just being mentioned, not yeah. even been on the team. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I saw something today where Russell Wilson's brother lived in Chicago. His name is Wilson Russell. Wilson. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like Sierra is a. I think they're looking at to expand their brand. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And where better to do that than a, a the big central hub of yes. the United States in yep. Chicago? Yep. And, you know, they're, they've been really adamant and vocal about their charities and what they're trying to do and trying to make the world a better place. And they're being spokespeople for the Black Lives Matter movement. And where else would you want to do that? Where a city that's right. very, been very divided in the right. last couple Very segregated. Months. Right. Uh, um, well, I mean, sh- just overall, I mean, you look at Chicago as a oh, whole, it's like the most segregated city in the nation. Yes, but the I neighborhoods, mean, yeah, are super You know, segregated. just drive down Milwaukee Avenue, every eight blocks, it change, the food changes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that that's the thing about him. I would love to have him here. Yes. I, I heard Adam Schefter talking about there is a great possibility that he doesn't stay his whole career in Seattle. And if he does leave, it's going to be within the next couple of years. From my understanding of reading in Capologist and reading and reading. Yes, I would read. So when I say reading, I wasn't scrolling. I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> they will probably wait until I think the deadline is like around June seventh or June twenty first or something like that. Where then after they if they trade them after that, they'll save like I don't know twelve fifteen million. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably wait to that point if they're gonna trade him. Yeah, to save some money. But guess what? I mean, between here and there, we still have the draft. We, we do have the draft. I, I've been a proponent of drafting someone. Offensive line. Signing a free agent. Yes. Because here's the, here's the thing. As of right now, who is the quarterback of the Chicago Bears? Is it Nick Foles? Yeah, is B. it B. Tyler Bray? It's B.B. <laughs> you throw that term around loose. <laughs> hey, I throw it around when I can. Um, but, like, Trubisky <laughs> is rumored to be connected to the Patriots. They don't have a quarterback right now. Cam's a free agent. Yep. You know, so I mean, I think that we've been hearing so much between Deshaun Watson, between Russell Wilson. Now, let me ask you this. Oh, here we go. You know what's coming. I do know what's coming. Between the two of them, between Deshaun Watson yes. and Russell Wilson, who would you rather have on the Chicago Bears? Fudgicles. <laughs> <laughs> was that Fudgicles? That was Fudgicles. This is a PG show and I cannot swear. Uh-huh. I think the asking price for Deshaun Watson, because he's a younger player and his contract is astronomical at this point, I don't think it's feasible to do it. Right. Which one would I prefer if we're playing fantasy football? I'm thinking Deshaun Watson. What's more feasible to do as far as being 
you're playing GM, it's going to be Russell Wilson. This, I'm taking Wilson for the fact that I'm looking at his track record, mm-hmm. his yeah, okay. history. All right. I'm looking at the fact that regardless of what happens within either this year or next year, I mean, realistically, when Pace came to the Bears, he said he was going to draft a quarterback every year. We have not seen that happen. But realistically, what you would like to see is you would like to see Russell Wilson in the in the starters role for the Chicago Bears. Right. Worst case scenario, Nick Foles as your backup, and then a rookie that you drafted. Can't afford both. Lert, well, I mean, uh, Nick ain't going nowhere. I mean, unless he's, he's, unless he's included in the trade, be part of it'll trade. be like him and like. Kyle Fuller or Hakeem, uh, Hakeem Hicks or something yeah, like that. Yeah, one and like, Hakeem Hicks. You know. And a couple of second rounders or something. Well, there's going to be at least one first in there. Yeah. So, if it happens after the draft and it changes the way that everything shakes out because you're, exactly. you've are you already took taken a pick. But you, if you can imagine Russell Wilson and whoever, I mean, like, even if it's like a, you know, like um, one of these secondary backups that just kind of floats around the league for 15 years and then your rookie. Mm-hmm learning from a guy like Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson is not a long-term answer. He's already been in the league for quite some time. He's won his Super Bowl. Right. Okay. We've seen him thrive in Pete Carroll's system and he's had the benefit uh, the benefit of some very good players. They had Doug Baldwin. They have uh, Metcalf over there whose dad used to play for the Bears. Terrence Metcalf. Right. And Pete so, I mean, Carroll's system is it's all about running. Absolutely. So that's what he's mad about. The, well, that's what he's mad he's about. Like, he's like, I got no protection he's a and, runner I, all the and time. I, I, right, right. And I want to throw the ball and I don't want to get hit and I think with the players that the Bears have on the offensive line, when you look at what they were able to do towards the end of the season versus the beginning, once they really kind of solidified what was going on there, and that's considering the fact that they had backups, they had Mustafer and they had bars. They didn't even have James Daniels. So right. when you look at that, when you bring him back, you have um, a solid running game. I yes. think they still need to go after another uh, running back. Always, always right after. You know what I mean? Always. You, you got to see what's going to happen with Tariq Cohen because he had his injury. Right. Uh, we still don't know what's going to go on with Allen Robinson, but I promise you that if they somehow get Russell Wilson, Robinson will be back. Yes. Well, he's going to be back because he's going to get franchised. Well, but I'm, what I'm saying is that he's going to want to come back, him, but he's going to want to play in Chicago. Oh, definitely. But the idea here is to you get a guy like Russell Wilson who can be a natural leader for the team. He's a leader of men, and then you're going to have you want your rookie learning from a guy like that. So here's the thing with Russell Wilson: he will recruit players just right. like Tom Brady did for his Super Bowl run. Well, just like Patterson's doing now. Patterson's out there trying to recruit every. He's, re- out he's there. recruiting everybody, which is great. That's but that's that's Patterson's not signed till next year. How about that? But what I'm telling you, what does that mean if Patterson is trying to recruit players to play for the Chicago Bears? What does that tell you? That he expects to be with the Chicago Bears. Yeah. You know, so I mean, this is this is the whole thing when when everyone is trashing Derrick Rose for not trying to recruit LeBron and things like that. This is what we want out of our players, isn't it? Yeah, we do. We do. But it's apples and oranges because Rose is not that type of player. But he's just not that type of personality, you know. So here's a very interesting thing that you and I have mentioned on the show before. We did. Arlington Racetrack is going to be up for sale. You're buying it? I, I mean, like, you'll borrow me a dollar. I might. <laughs> that might be putting me over. <laughs> so here's the thing that we mentioned before. The racetrack is up for sale. Yeah. That's a big chunk of land up in Arlington Heights. It sure is. Okay. Do you think, or would you like, let's look at it both okay. two different ways. Do you think the Bears should go and try to purchase that land and build a new stadium there and actually have a retractable roof and parking for tailgate so everyone can tailgate and not just in separate parking lots or do you think that's something that you know hey the bears are the bears play by the lakefront that's where they belong the bears should buy this land and develop it and make it a huge sporting complex or actually entertainment complex 
Now, the question is, do the Bears have the capital to purchase and develop the land? That's the question. Obviously, we would love a stadium, state-of-the-art uh, stadium like SoFi, but that costs $5 billion. Billion, would it be? Billion dollars. That's the latest stadium that's out there. And if you've ever seen an NFL game, we want to do the Sunday night game, and they show that stadium, mm-hmm. and the roof is lit up, and it's showing graphics on the roof, and the inside of it, it's just effing amazing. This is what's going to scare the Bears. You ready for this? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Everything that happened in the past year mm-hmm. with all the money that the Chicago Cubs put into Wrigleyville, into Wrigley Field, into the surrounding areas, buying up all the land, putting up all the hotels, all this stuff, and now all of a sudden they have no income. That is a completely unpredictable scenario. Okay. So if the Bears go ahead and spend all this money and something for some reason gets shut down again, what happens then? All right, so I'm going to come back to this. There's two things. The Bears don't own any stadium. They rent uh-huh. from the Chicago Park District. So guess what? You've been saving money for over 100 years. So you should have something in that big piggy bank that Virginia McCaskey has somewhere locked in a vault in a basement. All right? Let's put it there. Second of all, you are a franchise that is a marquee franchise. Right. When the NFL starts their season, they're like, all right, where, where are we going to put the Bears? Are they any good? Are we going to put them on TV? And guess what? If you get a stadium and then you put your, your training facility next to it and you put bars around there and you put parking around there, you're going to make that money back. You can make that money back. And it's going to take it's going to take five to six years to build this stadium. So you have yes. time. You well, have time. I think the hope is, now let's play... Devil's Advocate? Well, not just Devil's Advocate. If you want to play Devil's Advocate, I can tell you that the Bears have been playing on the lakefront forever and ever, and they should never leave, and that's just what Chicago Bears football is, and the Chicago Bear weather and the lakefront and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh, do you do you go to games in January? I mean, look, Do you man, go to games in January? I don't go to games. If you period. get free tickets, will you go to a game in January? Hell yeah, I'll go. You're crazy. I'm not. I'm not. There's because no way in hell. And I'm going to tell you why. Because they're expensive, and I don't have the money to buy a ticket, so if you give me a free ticket, I'm going. Hey. I went with Mike Logic a couple years ago. I was like, he called seven people. So I, you know how clo- how high up I was on his list to go and see the game. But he called all these people. And, you know, I went with him. We had a great time. I was really, really cold. But uh-huh, I, had a, uh-huh. I had a great time. I'm not okay. talking about the great time. I'm talking about the weather conditions and you bearing it. Well, you, you're going to do that anyway. I mean, it's not like Arlington Nights is not cold. It's it, still- oh, well, that gets to my point. If you get that stadium built in Arlington Heights, guess what? For the love of God, put a damn dome For on it. That's the main thing is that if you do that, you absolutely have to do that because you got to make sure that you can use this for other sports. You have concerts. to make sure that you can use it for, con- well, I mean, concerts, that you, you do a lot of Wrigley and that's, that doesn't have the roof or whatever. But, you know, the thing that you're looking for is um, like a Final Four. The, here's the big thing. Yeah. Here's the big, big thing. You go and buy that that land out in Arlington Heights. You build yourself a state-of-the-art stadium. State-of-the-art stadium. Right. You will get a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, that's more money coming in. So you can make money. If yes. they have the capital to actually do it, what they need to do now, you have the capital to, be, to go ahead and and, uh, and you're going to make up all that money. But the problem is, is that is this a feasible thing for them to be able to do right now? Because the, the, here's the thing. If they don't build, buy up that land, you know what's going to happen? Is that it's going to turn into the condos. Meh. All right, man. So let's put a cap on this. Yes or no to the stadium in Arlington Heights? Yes, 
I put a retractable roof for the love of God. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I'm with you on that one. Um, I would love to have a place to bring my family. We were just earlier t- today talking about Miller Park. Yes. And I love Wrigleyville. I think they did a great job with Wrigley they did. They did. putting family-friendly areas around it where yes. it was just all drunks and all the bars and puke in the streets and yes. it's Mardi Gras every day. Exactly. But Miller you Park. go to Miller Park and you have, okay, okay. You, you know you're going to, hey, this it's like high school. All right. Here's your drunks and here's your stoners and here's the guys that like to smash tables and here's the sausage guys. <laughs> We're not in Buffalo, man. And here's the families. <laughs> and here's the family section. You know what I mean? So they could definitely do something like that. You can develop the area. You can build hotels near the stadium. Exactly. For the, you know what I mean? But the, player, the players from other teams are going to want to you know, stay downtown. But whatever it no, is. No, they will uh, have you been downtown Chicago? If you're from All like time. Houston, yeah, I'm going out when I hang out downtown Chicago. This this is the Deshaun Watson. Are you listening? Deshaun Watson. They, hey, there's remember there's there's two Texans we got to keep our eyes on because JJ's out there too and he's talking, JJ's not coming here. No, I'm, I'm other just, reports are out there. He's not coming. I'm just saying JJ's out there. His he did mention the Bills, but he's still out there, man. All right, let's let's transition to the madhouse on Madison. What's going on with the Blackhawks? He well, it's cold. It was. <laughs> uh, the Blackhawks entered the season with some serious question marks. They sure didn't did. re-sign your boy Corey Crawford, who nope. then went to the Devils and then retired right away. Yeah, uh, they've been looking for an off-season, so you know they entered this season without a proven starter. And on top of that, the Blackhawks haven't had Kirby Doc, Alex Nylander, Brent Seabrook, or Johnny Taves. Uh, we don't we still don't know any news about him, but hope he's okay. Um, I mean, like with this many players, key players going into this season, it would you know we were like, well, this is doomed. Right, we we're just like, ah, rebuild, you know. But guess what? <laughs> They've been looking good. They're exciting to watch. They're very exciting to watch. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes they do have letdowns this season, just like when they played the uh, Detroit. Yeah. Well, but those are games that you have gotta win. Again, they're a young team. Oh, absolutely. And guess what? I mean, you know, even though I was down on Subban, he had a shutout this week. Right. So, Belenkin is a, is the guy. That's your boy. He's up there uh, for Rookie of the Year. I know yeah. he's not going to win it because there's some other kid up he's north. he's a goalie. Yeah, and there's a, some other kid up north that's doing really well. So, watch the Blackhawks. I, look. They're fun to watch. We we will never sit here and pretend like we know it's not about hockey. No. But it's one of those things, if they... If you're a fan of Chicago, if you've been watching hockey at all in the past 10 years when they won three chips, you know that especially when they get on fire, they're a fast-moving team, and and they're extremely uh, entertaining and exciting to watch. So, I mean, if you're not into them now, you might as well get on board because if they're going in the direction they, they look like they're going, you know, we might see a couple more uh, parades downtown. Yeah, if we get back all these players, especially Taves, we'll look out. Right. Absolutely. Look Absolutely. Out. You know? All right, we got uh, another team that <laughs> reminds me a lot about the Black uh, of the Blackhawks because they play very similar. Yeah, same thing, same thing. These two teams are very similar in what they're doing. They have a lot of rookies in there. Mm-hmm. They got some veterans in there. Got they're them. up and down. Yes, but the coaches are proving right that they're earning their pay. Well, and the, and the thing is too is that you know the big problem that they're having right now is that in both teams, and I'm talking about the Bulls and the Blackhawks, right, is that they have a hard time closing yes. games, or they'll start off slow and 
sometimes that mountain is just too high to climb. Or or they climb too high up on the mountain, and they start looking back, and next thing you know, their partner's right behind them. Yeah, yeah. there was a Bulls game, and they were up like, I don't know, 15, they, 16. Oh, they were up, high, they were up uh, uh, at least 16 points, and then they yeah. crumbled. Yeah, they crumbled. At the I think it was against Phoenix. Yeah, I lost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but, here, but here's some very good news. Zach Levine is finally an all-star, which I still don't understand how he wasn't an all-star in Chicago. He was there. Yeah. Um, it's very well deserved for yes, our sir. boy Lax uh, Levine. Uh, Zach Levine, <laughs> he's been putting up Michael Jordan. Wow, Michael Jordan numbers in the past couple of weeks. Yes. And if we're being honest, I think the Bulls' success during this stretch without marking in, um, you know, it could really work against them because they're showing that they can play well without him. Without him. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it brings me back to wanting to take a chance on taking him and taking Wendell Carter and trading him to Minnesota and bringing Carl Anthony Towns down here. I would love to do that, but at the same time, you've got to put that kid on the court so that he builds some value for yeah. trade. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like, you know, the front office is really, you know, sorry. Uh, with the way that the Bulls are playing without marketing, it, you know, it's very possible that the front office is going to be very comfortable letting him walk oh, away. Oh, yeah. They'll let him just let him walk away. You know, and especially if the price tag is too high, which I think he wants more money than he's he actually does. worth. Yes, he does. Because he has a very high opinion of himself. Maybe he doesn't like to watch the games. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, this recent success in his absence, it will impact the entire organization. And if a team does call it the deadline, you know, I think that's something that you definitely have to look at. Yeah, they'll probably trade him for a second-round pick, which is not what you want to get. Right. But it's either that or let him walk for free. And that's why I'm looking at, you know, I'll tell you something else. Is that, you know, there's a player on the Chicago Bulls who's a veteran who a lot of people really like. Thaddeus Johnson? That, <laughs> that young. No, his name is Thaddeus Johnson. Look at all. On his Twitter, it says Thaddeus Johnson. Is it really? <laughs> he changed his name because he's giving out, you know, dimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, but look, so I, I've seen a lot of people this week. We were talking about that young and my stance on a guy like him. Yeah. Who's like in his early to mid thirties, who's been a journeyman in the NBA. His value has never been higher in his entire career. And if you can get like a late first rounder out of a, con a real contender, because we know the Bulls are not a real contender. They're exciting. They're fun to watch. They're but not they, a contender. But we already established the NBA has about five or six true contenders for the title. And, and the Lakers sit on top of that. Right. You got the you got the Lakers, the Clips, and the Nets, and you got to work. And then it's the rest. Right. So when you look at that, I can't imagine a scenario where it wouldn't be a good idea to, to try. Because they're going to call. Oh, no, to they're, try they're, to they're trade Thad Young to one of these contenders. The, the issue is that Thad Young was in Minnesota when Zach Levine got drafted. And I, I, that's, a, that's from what I hear. I can't remember since this is off the top of my head, but I remember yeah. Stacey King talking about he's, him saying that that's his rookie. So now that they're playing together on the Bulls, that's his mentor. He's 25. And he, he's 25. It's time to pull up your bootstraps. Take but he's also need. mentoring Wendell Carter Jr. Okay. and the rest of the so cats you, out there. So you package Wendell Carter Jr. and you package <laughs> Thad Young and you go out there and get something for him. <laughs> this isn't a hot dog and fry combo, man. I'm just saying, here's the thing. Thad Young will never, ever, ever, ever again in his career or nor to this point has had as much value as he does right now. You, and I've seen a lot of people like, he's the glue guy. No, no, he's no. He's no, the no. glue guy. For he's the glue guy for a team who is going to be 60 at best. It's basketball hell. Yeah. We love to see them play well. We love to see them play together. But again, 
They have a huge problem with not being able to finish out games, and they have a huge problems with turnovers. You, if you're going to trade him, you got to package him with Otto Porter Jr., who has not seen the court in a long time. Well, no one's going to take him. That, well, it's a big contract, and that's why you tra- you want to trade. I, I I mean, I'm I'm cool with the straight up trade to see if you can get. A pick, a pick, get a pick, or, or or put Wendell in there and see what you can do. No, get a pick. Let let, let this administration take care of that. Now, my question to you Oof. is: Kobe White, Ben Gordon, too young, too early to call. Oh no, no, no! It is not. It's too early to call for. Here me. it is. Rookie years, field goal percentage forty one percent. Rookie years, three point percentage. Uh, Kobe White has thirty five. Ben Gordon has forty percent. Total rebounds, 3.5 to 2.6. Assists, 2.7, 2.0. Points, 13.2, 15.1. Ben Gordon. I could pull LeBron's rookie season and compare it to Luka Doncic's rookie season. And, and you'll Luka say, has and, better numbers. And you'll say Luka is a better player. He's going to be a better player. I don't think he's going to be a better player than LeBron. He's not going to be a better player than, Lebr- than LeBron. I'm sorry. I, you don't even have to like LeBron. It's not that I don't like LeBron. LeBron is a top five overall, like all-time player. Probably a top. I, I give I give him top three. Behind, I put him behind Kobe just because I know to me Jordan's the number one overall, and Kobe was the second coming of Jordan. Mm-hmm. That so that's why I rank him that way. To me, LeBron is number three all-time overall. He's getting. He's getting, he has more points. He has more assists. He has more rebounds. Blah, blah 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 blah. He's been blah. playing since he was eighteen. That's, that's he's been playing. Different. Yeah, he's been playing since he was like four. He's been in the NBA since he was five. You know, and 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 Jordan went to college, all that stuff. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think overall Luka Doncic, Doncic in his career is going to be better than a LeBron. I think he's going to be better than Dirk, who right now we consider to be the best overall Big European man. player of all time. But I I don't think he's going to be better than LeBron. But what I'm saying is is that so. this is too this is way too soon. I mean, you a year and like some, one full year, some of one year. You know, and a year last year they didn't get completed. I don't know what, what Kobe White is. I really don't. He's he's not a point guard. And that's my biggest point. He is not a point guard. He is a shooting guard. Yeah. And I mean and, and I you, get that. You can't put a square square uh, uh pe- yeah, yeah, square, square peg around, around the hole. hole. Thank you. You can't do that. So that that's what they started to do, and guess what? They've they've moved some pieces around and put Sadaraski at the point. Right. And it's made a huge difference. I trust Billy Donovan, like I've said before, oh, as yes. a leader of oh, yes. young men. Knowing where to find where they fit in best, whether they're a square peg in a round hole, do I have to shave up some of the sides and, and make you fit in that role? Or can yeah. I find that that square hole for you too? You know what I mean? So I, I trust what Donovan has in his in his skill set to figure out where this guy is gonna play. And that's why going back to your point of trading Thaddeus Young, get a pick because I trust the administration to make the right choice. Right. All right, E. What's going on in Wrigleyville? Wrigleyville, our favorite player that no one ever talks about. Who? Uh, the third baseman of the Chicago Cubs, Chris Bryant. Remember that guy? Uh, I never heard of him. Well, listen. <laughs> listen. We may not have heard of him, but someone on the Mets heard of him. Yeah, he got a random phone call, right? Yeah, so he got a text this offseason that said, Welcome to the Mets from a Connecticut phone number he didn't know who it was from. So he had to call his agent to make sure that he wasn't traded. I don't even pick up numbers. I don't know. <laughs> Leave a voicemail, and so, I don't even listen to voicemail. I read the voicemail. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't either. I mean, it's wild. I, I couldn't even tell you. I think my voicemail is full right now, and I have, I don't even know what the password is. Oh boy. So um, Jesse Rogers 
put a lot of stuff on his Twitter about what's going on with Brian. Yeah. Um, Brian, he had some words about you, uh, Darvish, getting traded to the Padres. He says it's kind of, kind of surprised and sad to see him go because he was really coming into his own here, which ha- which he, we've also discussed. Um, he did have something to say about the team spending. He says, you look at the Dodgers. Yeah, they have lots of money over there, and they also just won the World Series, too, so they're doing fine. It's pretty cool to see a team like the Padres step up and make big signings and trades. There was a point when, you know, this team, the Cubs, was doing that, too, and I'm sure it'll happen again in the future. I'm just not privy to those conversations, and I don't know he what won't be direction. Part of that. He won't be part of that future, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. He goes, I don't know what direction they want to go. I just show up and play, and I do what I got to do here. All right. So, I, I've I stated this before. I love when great players stay on one team, and Rizzo and Brian are both mm-hmm. great players that should finish their career with the Chicago Cubs. It's not going to happen for Brian. No, no. I, I he's going to get traded. I think the trade is imminent, and he's going to go to free agency. And guess what? He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. You know, the, welcome the to is, the Orioles. Oh God! <laughs> like Sammy Sosa. <laughs> Baseball has been very, very good to me. Yes, um, right. The thing that that still upsets me about Chris Bryant is that the, my fear is that they're going to hold on onto him too long, the same way the Bulls hold, held on to Luol Deng, you know, too for too, too long. long yeah. You know, um, could have got Kobe. Who was there? Was a player that the 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 it was the 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 Bulls wanted D Wade, but Miami wanted uh, Don Danielle Marshall, Danielle and Marshall. They, they didn't want to give him up. Yes, to get the trade that would have brought him uh, D Wade. Yep. So I mean, my my fear is that did they wait too long? Because when you had enough value where you could have got Arenado, who is now with the Cardinals and looks yep. absolutely miserable in his media day photo shoot, which is. I love it. <laughs> it's so delicious to see the guy that should have been on the Cubs two years ago just sitting there sulking because he's in those ugly red colors. But anyway, anyways, they didn't get they didn't get what they could have for Bryant when he was at his highest value. The same thing they did with Schwarber. Yes, you know, I mean, so I, I really don't know what to think of Bryant at this point. I really hope for for the Cubs lore for whatever it is him and Rizzo together for their I think this is their last stand together so I really want to see them two play well together um, speaking of Rizzo he said Monday that he's hopeful about signing a long-term deal with the club before his contract expires at the end of the season um, you know he said this city and everything I love about the city I kind of wear it on my sleeve he said I still love it I love our team I love what we have going on here the organization Cubs organization needs to do right by Rizzo and extend. Yes. Spread his money out. A la Bobby Bonilla. Oof. It ain't got to be a lot of money. I'm just saying spread his money out. So he'll get paid until like 2732? Until uh, what's the, that, that one player the White Sox traded to Padres? Oh, uh, until God. that guy is his country. Oh my gosh. Is that Senor Tatis? <laughs> Tatis. Tatis. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, look. I love, love, love Rizzo. I mean, he is essentially the linchpin that that really started the current wave of Cubs success. He was the cornerstone of that building. Literally and figuratively. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, did the Cubs make any other moves, man? There was a former MVP candidate. <laughs> a former MVP candidate. 
that was on the ballot last year, and he did receive a vote. The Cubs uh, brought back Ryan Tapera. He was non-tendered by the team back in December after 21 games last season. Thank you for bringing back our MVP. Yeah, you knew I was going to go there. You knew I was going to go there, man. All right, man, finish up the Cubs news, man, because I I know I was going to go whole thing on it, but forget it. (laughs) They also officially brought back Pedro Soap. He is signed. He's back. Um, he got a minor league deal. I saw a lot of people kind of talking about that too. To me, hey, it's, good it's it's a minor league deal. He's one of your best relievers of all yeah. time. Let's see what he's got in the tank. Um, a cool story that did come out. Um, Jock Peterson said he got a random call from Jason Hayward, welcome welcoming him to Chicago. He said he didn't know Hayward at all and figured the Chicago number was from a team trainer or a traveling secretary. <laughs> um, he was really grateful for that call, and that's exactly the type of guy that Jason Hayward is. That is what your leader is supposed to do. And that is part of why he gets paid what he gets paid. Oh, yeah. It, it brings value, and people it do does. not recognize that. They're like, well, he didn't hit the way I thought him. He should hit. I'm like, but how many games did he save in the outfield? Right. How many runs did he save? How many games did he save? You know, how, I mean, look, hey, Game 7, World Series, rain delay. Here Again, we go. Yeah, I agree with you. You know what I mean? So that, that's the thing. All right, man. What's up on the south side? All right, all right. The White Sox made another huge splash. It's right, signing Trevor Bauer. Oh, no. Oh. Wrong, wrong guy, wrong guy, wrong guy. <laughs> wrong guy. No, they signed the international free agent, uh, Jorge Vieira. Vera. Is that like Jorge, but with an N? That's right. I probably misspelled that as person. <laughs> all right, all right. He's, he's the top-ranked international prospect. He's 6'4", right-handed pitcher from Cuba. Oof. I mean, you know. The White Sox and Cubans were kind of uh-huh. tight, very tight. Y'all yeah. love the Cuba. That's right. So you know, it's a big thing. Yeah. I know Minnie Minoso is looking down at us with the hugest smile. It's fantastic. I love, I love Minnie Minoso. The, the White Sox love Cuba, man. Oh, we have we have a, a like a whole complex. <laughs> you do? No, we literally do. No, I know. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. So they're like, we're like, right. uh, we'll take you and you. Oh, six four. Yeah, we'll take him. I'm I, twelve. Uh, <laughs> I swear, <laughs> when I saw this kid, I was like, whose son is that? Yeah. Whose little boy is that? Because he's only like 20. And, and I mean, like. Yeah. And they also signed some other teenage kids. I'm not going to put their names out there because that's going to take a while for you. Yeah. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm wondering, like, when, when he gets into that locker room, they're going to be like, bro, you ain't even got no pelitos yet. What's going on here? Yeah, bro. His, <laughs> his rocks haven't dropped yet. <laughs> All right. Tim Anderson met with LaRusa this week after his meeting. Uh, this is what he had to say. The drive to, to to want to win is there. He has that. I'm behind him 110%. That's what the ultimate goal is, is to win the World Series. And I'm behind him. I think he's, I think he's pretty solid. So far, everything has been great. Things have been things that uh, LaRusso has been preaching have been good. I think we got the right man. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, that little caveat at the end, that, uh-huh. that, that worries me. Anderson said that uh, at this point where he, he can tell him anything and I want to tell him one more thing I ain't afraid of him <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell him that I mean Anderson's going to be Anderson he, he's a character he is going to I mean he was a big proponent to you know uh, uh, our last manager mm-hmm. he was a big fan of him because you know he was the dad so he was a soft-speaking dad that puts his yes, arm around your shoulder. Yes. Hey, son, this is how you should do it. He, he's, and LaRusso's not that no, guy. No, because Ricky Renneria is today's version of a parent. Yes. Hey, buddy, it's okay. A D is, you know, just, a D is not enough. And LaRusso's like, what the hell you mean you got a D? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Go clean the gutters. Yeah, right. And 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 then do your homework again. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, is that TA has really come out of his shell when he first came into the league. We've talked about it before. Oh, yes. When he first came into the league, it looked like he was scared of his own shadow. And now he's like outspoken. He's out there. Bat flipping. He did say something else because I, I, I don't remember exactly what uh, somebody challenged him. And he's like, F it. We're the best team in the AL. Oh, yeah. They were saying, they're asking him, Are you, do you think that uh, you'll win the uh, AL Central? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're going to win the F. And he, he he talked about the Twins saying, hey, you know what? They're a good team. They've proven it. Guess what? We have better talent and we have the drive to win. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me he's got the TWTW, the wheel to, to win. win. <laughs> Look at you watching White Sox games. Oh, man. All right. Also in White Sox news, former hitting coach Todd, uh, Todd Stevenson has returned to the White Sox organization as a special assistant under Vice President Kenny Williams. So that's a mouthful. Whew. Whew. All right, his role will focus on scouting assignments. So essentially, this is this is Reinsdorf uh-huh. doing the same thing, being loyal to his people. Reinsdorf, I, I mean, I want to see. I need a job over there, Reinsdorf. I, I don't even need a like. I got a picture of me with Ricketts in here in the studio, yeah, and I just, I, I want to pick it. I, I want a picture with uh, with Reins- someone. Yeah, with Reinsdorf and be like, hey, remember that one time we took a picture? He's That's like, right. here's five billion dollars. <laughs> here's five, take all the money. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, please, if I fall asleep, wake me. Or don't wake me if it's after 6 p.m. <laughs> so I got a question for you, man. Oh, here we go. So last week, we talked about your boy, Mankata. Yes, sir. Dancing and singing all over the place. That's my jam right now. It's so my ringtone. I, <laughs> I know it is. I heard it. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. I remember when Ben Robus was with the Cubs and he had his creepy ass wife singing Skeletor. Skeletor. She's so creepy. Um, but he had her singing Benny and the Jets, and that's what version they used for his walk up music. Oh, no. So, Mancata, is his own song going to be his walk up music? This man is so conceited, he's going to do that. <laughs> I guarantee you. And guess what? He is. He already confirmed it. He is going to have his own music as his. Walk up music. Was that the whole purpose of this? I don't think so. Oh, I don't think it's so because the song was released back in October. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. We'll be right back with one of Chicago's finest, Eric Bermudez, and the board of the CPD Knights Baseball after a word from our sponsor. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. Today, we continue highlighting some of Chicago's very own first responders. Yes, sir. From the Chicago Police Department baseball team, the CPD Knights. Welcome to the show, Eric Bermudez, Marco Acevedo, Omar Gomez, and Eddie Echevera. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. Awesome, man, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for being on, man. Thank you for having us. (laughs) All right, let's, let's start off with... The most common question when you bump into somebody in Chicago, where'd you grow up? Let's start off with uh, let's start off with Omar. I grew up in Humble Park. Yeah, yeah so did we. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Eddie. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Irving, like Irving Park area, Albany Park. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Eric. Uh, my younger years was Humble Park, and then I moved uh, north into. Um, Walcott, the Walcott. I'm sorry, Ravenswood area. Ravenswood, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, right before high school. Awesome. Omar? Marco. 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 Oh, Marco, Marco, my bad. I grew up 
on Ashland and Thomas, which oh. is by Wells High School. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey. That's how, basically, hey. everyone kind of in the same area. Yeah, everybody grew up in the same area, which is great. So uh, mm-hmm. we will, we'll, grew up around the U- Wicker Park, Ukrainian yep. Village, West Town area. And uh, okay. that was most of you, our, our, our childhood right there. Yeah, it was funny because we lived in the same area. Didn't really know each other until uh, high school. Right. But, you know, as he went to uh, De Diego and I went to Sabin. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let me ask you guys, you know, what influenced you to become a police officer? Start with Eric. You know what? Growing up, I've always wanted to be a police officer. You know, watching uh, CP officers working, you know, while we were playing baseball. You know, for instance, we were having a playoff game, Omar and I, at Humble Park. I remember that? Yeah. We are having a baseball game <laughs> at Humble Park in our little league, and um, uh, there was a... You know, some rival guys going against each other, you know, big fight, you know, a lot of craziness going on in the park. So all CPD showed up, you know, jumping out with their blue shirts and things like that. I mean, from that point, um, you know, I knew I wanted to be a police officer. I knew I wanted to, you know, give back when I was older in terms of giving back to the city. So what just about watching you, them work as a, at a young age. Yeah, um, honestly, man, I, I wanted a job that had uh, great benefits. And at the time, I, I was working at Apple before CPD. Oh, wow. And I, um, I, I love my job, don't get me wrong, um, especially being like the whole creative aspect of things. Um, but I wanted something more uh, reliable and something consistent. So I took the test. Um, I was blessed with a super like low lottery number, and I got in within the year. So been been there since. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, what I want to know, like, how did you get this? Uh, how how were you able to get this outreach started, and how did it come about? Talk about that. Well, three years ago, we decided we wanted to create a, a team uh, that was not just about baseball; it was about giving back, um, reaching out to the underprivileged families, underprivileged communities, and trying to make a difference within those areas. Uh, and the reason for that is, growing up, we were those underprivileged kids who didn't have right. resources. Yes. Who, uh, exactly. who would use hand-me-down equipment from other people um, just mm-hmm. so that we can go out there and play sports. Um, so we see ourselves in these kids, and, and that's essentially our driving force in trying to give back and trying to, to make it a little easier for not just them but for their families, you know, you, you know, bringing them out for free baseball clinics and, and giving them that specialized training that we didn't have as kids because we couldn't afford it. Yeah. You know, that, that was always in the burbs or other organizations that you had to pay an extreme amount of money for. So we're trying to do what we're trying to do and what we're doing um, is we're just giving those opportunities to these underprivileged families, underprivileged kids, these low income communities, um, you know, because we know how it felt growing up not to have that. So we want to give it to them as much as we possibly can with the resources that we have. Um, So, I mean, ultimately, that's our driving force, man, is that we we know what they feel. So we want to try to make it easier for those families. You know, I can completely relate with that. I actually help to coach uh, girls softball out here in Franklin Park now. And I, you know, I think about it now. And a lot of these kids, they actually have programs set up. When I was a kid, you know, you play baseball. It was just whoever was in the park. Yes, pick up. Let's go get this guy. Go right. get this guy. Go right. knock on their door. Mm-hmm. Can you play? Yeah. But like, hey, I brought a football. Who wants to play? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. like the difference in what training when it comes to just like early leadership skills these kids are available or uh, able to develop over time is, is just fantastic by having programs like this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and our program absolutely. is more than in just baseball. You know, we when we go into um, whatever event we do, we do it with a, a uh, as a mentorship type of deal. You know what I mean? We want the kids to understand, you know, who we are, what we do, that we care. But we also want them to understand that we want them to stay on the right track. It's more than just sports. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. it's bringing it all together. You know what I'm 
and I'm saying as mentors and and then the the benefit or the um, the plus is that we're providing you know free activities for them in terms of baseball clinics video game outings um holiday toy drives turkey drives i mean a lot of these i mean we're just trying to bring everything but also keeping that mentorship mentality um with it as well awesome so we have the board here with us which is you guys but how do you how are you able to recruit more officers for your cause um what we do uh annually is we put out uh we put out a flyer for uh tryouts um and we we let all the officers know that when you join the Knights, it's not just about baseball. I mean, it's about giving back to the community. And if you're in and you want to be a part of that and you have that same drive and same passion for giving back, absolutely come on out. Granted, yeah, we want you to you know, know how to play the game of baseball, but that's not the, uh, you know, the most important to us. What's most important is that they have that same mentality as the rest of the 45 members of our organization. And that's giving back to the community and being ready and able to do it. Uh, that's fantastic. I mean, I love the uh, I love the way that you guys are going about this. Mm-hmm. I, I got a question though. A couple years, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had my buddy Miguel Viegas from the Chicago Blaze football team, and when they recruit, they recruit a lot of um, not just firefighters but other first responders. Right. Do you guys have other first responders otherwise other than uh, police officers on your team? Uh, we do. We do. We um, well, we we do have we have a Chicago firefighter. Um, we had a couple of suburban firefighters that were on our club last year. Uh, they're actually no longer with us, but we do have a firefighter with us. Um, we also have some suburban officers. Uh, it's not, you know, we're about 90, 95% Chicago, but we do have some suburban officers, EMT officers. Um, and then we have a Homeland Security officer that plays with us as well. Oh, wow. Awesome. Also, also, also county guys, too. Yeah, some oh, Cook County amazing. officers as well. Cook County Sheriffs. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about last week's Sunday Fun Day, and then uh, who participated, and how'd you do against the, against these kids in video games? Omar, you want to take that one? I actually wanted to go back to when you guys asked that question about what made you want to be the police. Sure. And I'm actually the op- I'm actually the opposite. If I can share, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so growing up in Humble Park, single mom. Um, I've touched on this with the kids every time when I talk to them. It's it's tougher, right? Obviously, there was times my mom didn't eat, stuff like that. Uh, So I saw that growing up, and um, I remember getting relocated from one side of the park to the other, running through the park to get home or before getting jumped or getting out. Pretty much how we all grew up. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. So uh, fast forwarding, um, I was supposed to go to Clemente High School to play baseball. It didn't happen. My mom was like, you're not going to play with your cousins at Clemente. So I ended up going to St. Benedict High School. Oh, nice. It was, the, it was the best. It was the best decision ever because the school was so diverse. It was like a melting pot. So I learned different religions, different uh, backgrounds, different ethnicities. Right. So it helped big time. And then going to college, playing baseball, Chicago State. You know how we all think. Oh man, we're gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. No. <laughs> uh, I was I was fortunate to play against Granderson at UIC, Zamarja at Notre nice. Dame, Jacoby Ellsbury at Oregon State, and then I realized like uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to figure something out afterwards, right? So when I finished, I went into banking. Uh, long story short, there was one time. So I was horrible with money, believe it or not, like giving people money back or taking money in. But I was great interacting and talking with customers and being like just about them so 
they had me as a banker and I was talking with someone at the bank on Division game at one day. One of the sellers got robbed, right? She came to me crying and a lot of people don't know this girl, but it was a Me, growing up, where I grew up, my first instinct was Chase After. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, definitely. Chase After the guy, he had a car. I was able to call the police, tell them what type of car plate, what have you. Um, the police showed up and I still remember this. Her name was Daisy Ortiz, uh, older Puerto Rican lady. And she told me, man, it's like, what, like, what, what kind of asshole does that? Like, chases someone that robs the bank. And she asked me, did you ever think about being a police officer? And I was like, no, I never thought. I just I did a job after college. And she said, you should. And she actually helped me uh, prepare. She would take me to the 10th district and do classes every Saturday, every month to prepare. And that's, oh, that's how awesome. Actually, yeah, I got on. And then just being able to talk and, and, and coming from the neighborhood and in the city and being able to talk with any type of person, it actually helped, helped me out to this day. So I just wanted to get back, uh, get back to that topic. I, I really uh, but appreciate the Sunday fun day. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> the Sunday fun day you were saying. Um, so we try to get uh, partnership with organizations with kids that actually need help, like what you were saying. Um, and Bay Chicago was our first organization that we partnered with. Um, I'm actually on the advisory board with them. And just the, when we started with them, the, the network and the growth, just being able to be introduced with other uh, organizations within the city helped big time. Um, so we had Towers of Excellence that we just partnered up with. Richie had City of Refuge that he partnered Re- up Refugee, with, I'm with sorry, Refugee. City of Refugee. City okay. of Refugee. Yeah. So, so we just incorporated those organizations with the kids and said, look, we're going to do something different. Uh, we just don't want to be all about baseball and stuff like that. We want the kids to get out, get to do some other things and, and, and see other things. So, All right. So now that we're kind of going in the direction, really talking about baseball here, before we go any further, we got to ask the question. Oh, yes. There it is. Cubs or Sox? Ooh. I'm a true, bu- true White blue Sox. Cubs fan, man. A true blue Cubby <laughs> fan. How many, how many Cubs we got there? So it's 1-1. One, 2-1. One. Cubs. Oh, oh, it's 2-2? Two two? Is that what's going on? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Besides Eddie, who We're, else is a Sox fan on our team? I didn't know that. It's just Eddie. Just Eddie. Oh. oh I think it's just me, bro. No. <laughs> hey, Omar, Omar's a Cub fan, right? Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I'm- I'm, I'm a coach fan, but I, I can go to any. I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh-huh. Okay, so he's, I, I finally get a win because we do so much White Sox and White Sox. <laughs> that's and right, we do. I finally get something over here. I mean, um, yeah, my my old man. He, uh, I have a lot of uncles, and they were all Cubs fans. And my my old man was the only one that was the different one to be a Sox fan. So hey man, gotta, we're always a black follow, sheep. We're that. always a black yeah, sheep, exactly, man. I got your exactly, back. I got your man. back. You know, I, I always got to be difficult about something. <laughs> we're always right, difficult. Exactly. <laughs> hey, l- let's start with Marco on this. This one. Yes. Tell us about your first baseball memory. My first baseball memory, 1970s at Ecker Park. Hey, right by my house. Get him. I played uh, with I the Pirates. Box over there. We were the Pirates. So, 79 was my first team, and we were called the Pirates, and we had the same uniforms. So, and my dad was the coach. So, then do you want to be Roberto Clemente? We all, that was our role model. That's right. Up our parents, yeah. our parents, you know, uh, watched Roberto Clemente play. Man. So, uh, that's why we uh that's why I you know I garnered my uh interest into helping others 
because what Roberto Clemente said, if, if you know, if you're in, on earth and you're, and you have an opportunity to help somebody and you don't, then you're wasting your time here. So very much yeah, so. Absolutely. I live by that, that mantra. And, uh, that's why I'm part of the Knights program. And as the only Sox fan, I want to hear from you, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Eddie. Tell us about your first baseball memory. Oh man. Um, it, 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 bringing it back to uh, Horner Park days, man. Okay. Um, I was probably like 10 years old. Yeah, I started off playing over there for many years. Um, yeah, I just fell in love with it. I never thought I would ever, you know, play it. Uh, didn't do t-ball, so I started kind of late. Uh, but yeah, it was just just good times. Uh, just bringing that that family bag. With, you know, always taking a ride with my mom and pops, going to watch every or they would watch every game. But uh, just enjoying the time, having fun. That's fantastic. I, I love hearing about how people got started and what they're doing. You know, it just it's it's interesting. And then you kind of see their path. So we really appreciate y'all coming on and sharing with us. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on. Tell us about your upcoming events and how listeners can participate. We got. Um, yeah, we actually have uh, March 27th. We're going to have a, a free community baseball clinic um, at the Pullman Center on the south side of Chicago. Beautiful. Um, so obviously we've already posted it on all of our social media platforms. Um, it's completely free. Um, just parents, just RSVP your kids and um, come on out. Uh, CPD Nights Baseball, send me an email. We'll RSVP you. Um, it's looking to be a big event, but um, we're going to have a tremendous amount of support and resources there for the kids. It uh, should be fun. Uh, and then moving on into the year, we have, um, we're working on uh, a citywide um, baseball uh um, clinic, free baseball clinic for the kids to where within 48 hours, a two day period, we're going to hit four different locations um, and providing free baseball clinics. Hopefully uh, we get the uh, organizations on board to where we can provide some of the kids with equipment um, at the different locations. Uh, but that's in the works. Uh, there's really no date yet set for it, but that's uh, something that we, we want to do. It's going to be an amazing event. Um, we have our um, charity game where we play against a uh, another law enforcement police team this uh this year we're going to be playing against the illinois state police troopers okay. <laughs> yeah we played them, we played them back in 2018 and um we kind of beat up on them a little bit so now they're uh, they're coming back with some vengeance they want uh some... i think it took two two or three years to get some ringers on their team that's what they're that's doing what, that's they got, what he said that's what they he said them. he said they just got, they got a, a group of young uh troopers that just joined and they're they're all yeah, baseball that's... players and they're ready to go i said hey let's have fun man let's raise money for uh you know, our fallen brothers and sisters that uh, paid the, you know, the ultimate in the line of duty. And that's essentially what we do for the charity games is uh, we raise money for uh, our charitable organizations, such as the Brotherhood for the Fallen, and they support the family members who, uh, who've who lost um, a family member in the line of duty. Um, so they go out and they try to, you know, make it easier for those families in the times of, uh, in the time of need, especially in a, or catastrophe, or not catastrophe, but in a serious situation like that. Um, and then same with the Illinois State Police. They'll be doing it for the Illinois State uh, Police Heritage Foundation where they donate to their fallen brothers and sisters. But uh, that's what we do for our charity game. Um, we're also going to be having another one this year. Again, we're working on a date against our fire department. Um, and that's mm -hmm. more for bragging rights, but we'll also be raising money for organizations um, who uh, support fallen, bro or fallen brothers and sisters. Um, we have our, our Latin Jazz um, coming up in April, actually, and we've been working with Mikey O. I know you guys know Mikey O. Yeah, yeah, um, good friend of ours. Yes, yeah, he's an amazing person, man. Um, he's sure been is, a blessing, sure is. and he's been really pushing to help us, and uh, it's truly a blessing to us. But we we uh, created uh, 
some fundraisers so that we can um, kind of expand and and put more out to our communities. Um, we're doing a, a Latin salsa uh, Sunday for the for three Sundays in April, um, so families can come out, enjoy some uh, some Latin jazz, not salsa, but some Latin jazz. Um, spend some time, get to know the Knights, and and it's all for a great cause. Um, um, and then we're we'll be playing at the Field of Dreams August first. Um, Whoa, which is something wow. cool that we, we just came up with. Uh, yeah, we'll be playing Field of Dreams again. That game will actually be playing against our state police brothers uh, again. And, and they really want to crack at us. I mean, they want to definitely be, they, they want as many opportunities as they can to beat us. But um, <laughs> we'll be playing. Listen, I, I think. I, I think another way you guys could, you know, drum up a lot of interest is a lot of, uh, I don't know, super trooper style pranks that go on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about the junior nights. Yeah, we have, uh, we actually, this year, we, um, we partnered up with, uh, um, an organization to where we're supporting, uh, two different age levels for our junior nights, uh, 14U and 16U. Uh, and what we do again as mentors, we'll go out, support the kids. Um, we'll, we'll donate funding to their organizations. We've already donated, um, um, we've already donated, uh, face skaters for them, for their, uh, protection okay. throughout the summer. Uh, we donated, uh, but baseball hats, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank here, um, for the, for the 14 U kids. Um, and we're just trying to, again, we're just trying to give back these kids or these teams consist of inner city kids. Um, you know, they come from the same areas as us, uh, growing up. And, um, you know, they're just, we're just trying to give them that experience, you know, to get out there, play against, you know, in other states, um, represent Chicago, you know, understand that there's more outside of the city limits, um, and just giving them that opportunity to see things, play against high level baseball, give them that specialized training. Um, again, that's something we didn't have growing up. So we're, we're trying to do that for these, uh, for these young kids. And, uh, you know, this is our first year and we look to expand from this point on. Um, as well as, you know, adding on ad additional resources from other organizations to, um, to make it even bigger. Um, and then uh, it's crazy because Marco and I, uh, Marco is the head coach. So we kind of filter every, we funnel everything from the Knights. And we, kind right. of, we touch in different communities, but we also trying to make a difference for all thank of you, thank our you. Latino kids. Or not just Latino, but any, any of our uh, inner city kids that are looking to play college baseball. Uh, Marco is the, the head coach of uh, Truman College baseball. But yeah, the, so it kind of it goes into, you know, with the Knights, we go into, you know, the community work, making sure that our kids are getting opportunities at not just playing, you know, travel ball, but getting into college and playing college baseball. Uh, Marco's providing over, what, 13 plus scholarships to kids every year so that they can play That's baseball beautiful. in college. That is beautiful. Um, you know, and it, it, we're just we're we're just trying to grow. Honestly, we're just trying to grow, man. We're just trying to continue to provide opportunities for for our inner city youth that, uh, you know, that currently they don't have opportunities to, uh, or with. So, you know, you know, I, I'm thinking about everything that's gone in the past year. And can you tell us, like, real quick, you know, what have been some of the biggest challenges of trying to do training with these kids during the times of COVID? Just making sure that we're following all the, the safety protocols, um, honestly, uh, because parents, when they see our flyers go out, they're emailing instantly because they want to get the kids outside of the house um, right, and, exactly. and, and to be active. Um, for us, we just want to make sure we're following the safety protocols, all the protocols for uh, COVID-19. Um, so, you know, we... We limit this past year. We had to limit our camps because our camps they blow up with so many kids. 
but we had to limit to a certain number of kids just to make sure we were within those guidelines. We were providing the kids with hand sanitizers. We were providing the kids with safety um, uh, masks so that, uh, you know, and then we were socially or distancing them apart from each other. So it was it was difficult, but it was still doable. And um, we just all came together. We made sure we were following those protocols and the kids enjoyed it. You know, we did it uh, honestly for it being a COVID year. We were out there. Uh, I believe we had three of them. We even had a back to school clinic where we were giving the wow. kids uh, free backpacks, Beautiful. school supplies. Um, you know, we had pizza there for them. And, and, you know, and again, this was all during a COVID year. So. And, and that means so much to the younger, you know, like it's underprivileged, however you want to say it, you know, sometimes these kids need someone to help them rise up. Yeah, absolutely. Like Omar said, you know, he had uncles, cousins that kind of kept them on, you know, on track. Uh, I'm sure uh, growing up, I had my uncles, you know, who I looked up to who kept us on track, kept us in sports. And it's funny because we I grew up with Omar playing baseball at Humble Park that we, we we've known each other since okay. we were young kids. Um, we also have known Marco since I was a kid growing up. We used to watch Marco play baseball. <laughs> wow, against, that's awesome. Against my uncles and, um, and and my dad. So Marco <laughs> essentially was our mentor growing up, and now we're all working together. You know, and that's it's fantastic. something that I think it's a, it's an amazing story. It's it's something that's full circle. Yeah, it yes. comes full circle, and uh, you know. Even as a young kid playing against Marco and, you know, him being a police officer and, and, you know, telling us, you know, do this, this and this, get on the department. You know, it's an amazing thing. And, and it's crazy that, yeah, we, it comes full circle and that we actually work together. We, we give back to our communities together. And it, it, it's, it's an amazing thing. All right. Well, before we let you go, tell us where we can follow you on social media. All of our social media sites. We have Facebook. Uh, we're CPD Knights Baseball. Uh, we're on Instagram also, Facebook, or I'm sorry, CPD Knights Baseball. Uh, we're on Twitter, uh, CPD Knights Baseball. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can reach us on uh, any of those platforms. Um, we're always posting all of our upcoming events. Um, you know, we're just trying to continue to add as we move forward into the summer, um, given that COVID uh, cooperates with us this summer. Um, but, yeah, those are, you can follow us on all of our Facebook or social media platforms. I'm sorry. Excellent. That, that's, you know, we, we really appreciate what you guys are doing. You know, not, and it's, this is essentially an extracurricular activity that really you don't have to do. So seeing right. young Latino men stepping up and, and doing their thing and helping the community. I mean, this is fantastic. We want to thank you so much for being on the show uh, from the Chicago Police Department baseball team, the CPD Knights. Thank you, Eric, Marco, Omar and Eddie for being here. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you guys, uh, thank you guys for the support. Thank, thank you guys. guys. For support. God bless. God bless. Yes, sir. The True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast will return after a brief word from our sponsor. Hey, True Chicago Sports Fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh gear from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create simple, classic clothing that represents their Southside Chicago lifestyle. With products like hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and glassware, Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. That's gritclothingco.com and use our promo code TRUEFAN15. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah, yeah. It's that time again, brother. Uh Uh-oh. You know what time it is. Oh, boy. It's time for Stirring the Pot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to cut to the chase. I'm going to cut to the chase. Two options. Uh Uh-oh. Only two options. Don't be turning stuff around on me. Cereal. 
crunchy or soggy. What? Yes. Crunchy or soggy? Yes. So when we're talking about bowl, you know, get your bowl of cereal, you put the cereal in there, you put your milk, right? Because we don't do it the other way. We don't, yeah. do, it, we don't do it the other way. Uh-huh. All right. So do you wait till it gets soggy or do you eat and you want that crunch? But see, here's the thing. Oh, here we go. Here's a caveat. It is because when you say soggy, that means it's... It's this, been sitting there. This, this, this ain't like an Italian beef. It's wet or dry. You know what I mean? No, like, no. Like, you, you realistically, what you want uh-huh. is that you want enough milk to be absorbed where you still get texture on the on the cereal, uh-huh. but it's not so soggy that it's basically just oatmeal. You know, so that's where I'm going. And the thing is, is that... Do you it, eat fast enough to eat so it won't get soggy? The other thing, too, is that it really depends on the cereal. Oh. It really does, because here's the thing. If you pour a bowl of Cheerios and let that milk, even if you let it sit there for a couple minutes, they're still pretty crunchy. But if you put some honey bunches of oats... Forget it. That's a mess. <laughs> that is a mess. And it basically, here's the thing. You pour yourself a bowl of honey bunches of oats, let it sit for, I don't know, 45 seconds. You, got, out, you drink, got cement. Drink out the milk, bro. You are washing that bowl for the next seven years of your life because them flakes are never coming out. That's what I'm saying. That makes cement. <laughs> so, I mean, like, oh, this is crunchy. Oh, no, it's just mm. the almonds. <laughs> That's the only thing I just... So, to answer your question. Yes. No. <laughs> I don't want either, man. I don't want I don't want a hard ass crap Captain Crunch tearing up the roof of my mouth. Where you, Which it does, where, yes. Well you have to talk like this the rest of the day because it's fucking it hurts. Sucking <laughs> tuckatash. With my Titan when you need him. Um, <laughs> um and I and I don't want that mush either, so I'm I'm going right down the middle. Right down the middle. Right down the middle. So you, you let it soak for like a minute or two? A minute or two, you know. But you finish the cereal before it gets soggy, is what I'm saying, right? For the most part, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, no. Who likes soggy cereal, Nobody. man? I'm. I'm gonna guarantee you, someone's gonna text me like, "I like soggy cereal." <laughs> like, dude, why are you letting your cornflakes sit for twenty minutes? Like, I mean, that's... You, here's the problem. If you like soggy cereal, <laughs> oh boy, you probably like soggy a lot of other things too. <laughs> so, I really can't with these updates. <laughs> Oh, my God. So with that being said... Let's get out of here. Before we go... Oh, what do you got? I got a question for you, man. Yes, sir. We talk so much about sports. This is my fun part. This is my fun part of the segment where we talk about food, talk about cereal, we talk about our favorite chicken wings. I got a question for you. Here we go. What are you looking at? Tell Uh, me uh, what you've been watching other than sports. Wanda Vision. Yeah. Holy Jesus. That show is action-packed now. It started off slow, but it's got a lot of stuff, a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of references to X-Men, a lot of references to Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. I, it's my jam right now. Personally, like, yes, sir. We're, we're, what, seven or eight episodes in of eight, season uh, one? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, spoiler alert, you should have watched this already. That's what's, what the spoiler yeah. is. Yeah. The spoiler is is that you should have been known. Uh, to me, when you talk about the first couple episodes being slow... To me, I, I like it. These make perfect sense. I, I like exactly what's happening. Yes. It, for those of you who don't that don't know, uh, too bad. <laughs> the first episode is basically black and white, very similar to like fifties and sixties. Very like Lila of Lucy, Dick, Dick Van, Van Dyke, Dyke style. Yes. yes. And to me, for immediately what I thought of this is comfort. This is this makes you feel like you're home. Yeah. And and this is a wholesome 1950s family. 
Yes. And then as it progressed and kind of advanced in the decades and the ages and things like that. The, I dream of Genie yeah. and then Everything it went to made sense Brady to Bunch me. and all it that stuff. It made sense yeah. from the start. A lot of people complained. But if you actually, now that you're this far into the into the it season, makes more into sense. the show, go back and watch them first a couple episodes. Yeah, you'll pick up on some things you missed out because you were blinded by being black and white. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. Or, or stop being so old. I don't know. It's black and white TV. I grew up with a black and white TV. Yeah, get remember, over it. I remember black and white. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was the, the Monsters, man. Yeah, the Monsters, Adam Sandler. Listen, what are you watching? I've been watching a show that I started watching. I never got to finish it because I think we moved and I forgot about the show because oh, that happens with other man. shows. But what I've been rewatching is Boardwalk Empire, man. Probably top five of my favorite shows ever. It's so good. There's a lot of historical figures in it where they tie in the stories. Um, you know, you, you yeah, had... Your Al Capone. Yeah. Your, your, your Lucky Luciano. Lucky Luciano. Yeah, there's a lot of names Rothstein, in there. Rothstein. Because mm-hmm. there's a uh, Black Sox. Look at that. Oh, oh, look at that. Bro. A white sock. No, white. to find a way. No ways. And then you bring back the cheating White Sox. Eh, fuck I, it. I fixed the World Series, Nucky. <laughs> Nucky Thompson is a fictional character, but yeah, and so is... Uh, uh, James. James. Yeah, James Armady. James yeah, Armady. I mean, but it's if you have not had a chance, it's basically 1920s era gangsters in yeah, uh, Atlantic City during Prohibition. Um, it's just it's it's really well written. Um, Steve Buscemi is the main character, is the uh, yeah, actor, character. the main character, Nucky Thompson, and it's just it's grimy, it's dirty, and it's really good. It's so good. It's so good. And guess what? I just finished rewatching Sons of Anarchy for the 45th time. <laughs> so I'm going to jump back on Boardwalk Empire and catch and we up can to discuss you. discuss more. Yeah, I'll catch up to you. Oh, brother. All right, let's get out of here. All right, y'all. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, Noor Caesar, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to check out gritclothingco.com and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Shout out to Ronesh and shout out to our super producer, super duper, Jay Soto. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> Want to start a podcast or have your show sound as clean as ours? You can find everything you need at jsotomedia.com. Don't forget to check us out on our social media. You can find us at TrueShyFans on Twitter. That's at TrueCHIFans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and reach out to us on our email. We want to hear from you. Give us your show recommendations and your stirring the pot ideas and all the other little things in between. You can find us at TrueChicagoSportsFans at gmail.com. Big shout out to today's guests from the Chicago Police Department Knights baseball team, Eric Bermudez, Marco Acevedo, Omar Gomez, and Eddie Echivera. Uh, great to have them on. Great to have more first responders from Chicago on and talk about what they're doing. That was great to have them on, especially because all you get is negative media from CPD. Absolutely. That's posted on, you know. There's a lot of good stuff that's happening that's not being published on media. I, absolutely. I, I agree. And the thing is, is that the, the police officers that we talk to are around our age, and we were talking about how when we were kids, you know, we didn't, what did, the cops are just a scary guy. Right. They're going to take you away. Yeah. It's important for these kids, especially inner city kids, to build be able to trust them and, yeah, and build, build relationships, relationships yeah. and realize that they're not all the same. Yeah. You know, one bad apple spoils a bunch. You can't always have that mentality because... You know, it's hard, but we really appreciate them coming on and we really appreciate what they're doing and what they're doing with the inner inner city and communities. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 35.
five. Frank Thomas, baby. Oh, bro. This is what we're doing now? <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Yeah. Acapurrias. <laughs> a few moments later. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Love boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. <laughs> Hasta luego, amigos! That's all! Oh, I shouldn't have had those artichokes. I'll eat that poppers.